Hey, welcome to another beautiful day. You're listening to the Positive Vines Winecast, where my love for all things wine and the wonderful people who make it possible come to life. I'm your host, Diane Roberts. Hey, Positive Vines listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I'm really excited to be here with you. So I just poured a beautiful glass of Olivarino from Portugal, and I'll tell you a little bit about that after I tell you in this intro why I'm starting this wine cast. I think this is going to be the first of several conversations with you to chat about good wine, good food, and learn a little bit about the mixology scene. For those of you who are familiar with Positive Vines, the blog, You'll know that I've been blogging about wine, spirits, and pairing both with food for over the past three years, and I've really enjoyed that. Through my blogging, I've got to travel to some great places and meet some really exciting people, and they're a lot like you and me. They're passionate about what they do. I'll tell you a little bit about myself in this journey, because my career is primarily as a technology geek. And you may wonder, okay, how does that pair with wine? Well, it was actually through my career that I first started sampling wine and I expanded my palate. I'm not from France. I grew up in St. Louis. I live in Texas now. Not Italian. And my family didn't drink wine growing up. So I started my journey in my early 20s like everybody around me, and we were all drinking white Zinfandel. And I really liked white Zinfandel, so you can go ahead and laugh at me. (laughs) But the reality is that white Zinfandel is one of the staples for the U.S. wineries, and it's kept many of them in business when times were lean. So I like to think of myself as an early economic engine. Hey, whatever it takes. I started traveling with this technology job, and I was really primarily traveling to the West Coast, Because as technology was booming on the West Coast, so was the wine industry. And you particularly think of places like Sonoma and Napa. And that's where I was introduced to some really excellent Chardonnays. And I know sometimes people think a Chardonnay is kind of a heavy, buttery wine. But every winemaker doesn't make it that way. There's a huge variety. And once I got comfortable with that, I dove into the red wines. And I learned that I had a pretty good palate, but more important, I had some really great people around me who could teach me. Well, I also learned something I think that's really important and something that I really try to stress on my blog, and I hope I am able to carry through in this wine cast. You should drink what you like. Just because it's the popular thing, if you don't like it, don't drink it. And just because it may not be as highbrow as some people would like to say things are, if you like that, drink it. You know, I'm going to talk to you about some incredible people in the industry. I'm here to support agriculture. I'm here to support the winemakers. I'm here to support the travel agents. And most of all, I want to have a conversation with those of you who want to learn right along with me. So I started blogging because I had this wealth of information. About four years ago, my sister Carol collected some information from a sampling specialist here in Texas. We do a lot of sampling. 
We do sampling in wine stores, liquor stores, grocery stores, on-premise, off-premise. You know, it kind of lends to that everything's bigger here in Texas. We do a lot of things. And I had talked to my sister about the fact that I thought that looked like a really cool thing to do. And I wanted to get from behind my desk. I'm still a technologist. I still do that every day and love it. But I wanted to get out with the public. I wanted to learn more about wines. I wanted to learn more about what people liked. So one thing led to another. I was collecting this data. My husband, Nate, said, you ought to write a blog. I started doing that. I attended my first wine bloggers conference. And then I got really bit with the wine bug. So I started traveling all over the U.S. to learn more about wines and really to learn about the people who are the farmers that make this possible. I also decided that if I'm going to do this, I want to be as knowledgeable as possible. So I've started on the path working my way towards a wine spirits and trust education diploma. I'm on level two now, studying for level three. And level three is going to be pretty tough because it's my first tasting exam. So I'm going to take you on that journey with me so that you can learn about the wines that I'm tasting and how to recognize quality for your dollar in a bottle of wine. So you may wonder, well, okay, so the blog was going well, you liked it. Why did you decide to start Winecast? One of the experiences I've had is I've really been able to interview some awesome people. And I think it helps for you to be able to hear them. I think it helps for you to be able to hear things in their words, in their own native settings. And I think it's a great conversation builder and something when you're driving down the road or you're doing something at home, you can listen to a podcast and learn a little bit more and, you know, add a little value to your day and listen to something that you enjoy, something that's upbeat, something that's positive. You're going to learn about a group of farmers in Walla Walla who have started a cooperative to give health care to their workers. They do this in their community. They take part of their profits. And isn't that what is so wonderful about people who want to give? You're going to learn about a gentleman in the 1800s in a little town in North Texas. And his life's work may have been what helped to save French vineyards during a horrible blight. I am going to tell you about the growing Texas wine industry. There's a lot here to offer. I'm going to throw in a few mixology sessions because I found that it's pretty cool to be able to take wines, sparkling wines, whatever you want, and to make some really interesting drinks out of it. I'm going to give a focus to black and brown winemakers, to women, to Asian winemakers, and to the small guy and gal out there who may not always be able to get their products as prominently displayed where you usually buy your wines. So let's get back to this bottle of wine I just popped open. This is a grape called an Alvarino. Now, in European countries, it's spelled A-L-V-A-R-I-N-O. But this has become a huge varietal in Portugal, and it's a slightly different variation on the spelling. It's A-L-V-A-R-I-N-H-O. 
and I've selected one from Quinta del Calzada. And I'll post a picture of the bottle and tell you where you can get this wine. It's a beautiful, kind of almost straw-colored, slightly gold hint to it. Beautiful nose, beautiful white floral nose, and you can smell a little bit hint of the acidity and maybe a little, a little nose of pear to it. I'm going to take a little sip and immediately you get that crispness, you get that minerality, you get a little acidity, it's well balanced, and you get more of that pear and that just real smooth type of white taste to it. So I would say this is a great one to enjoy. I would probably pair it with maybe some soft cheeses, um, maybe a brie, uh, maybe a gouda. A gouda would be really good with this. I'd also use it with aperitifs, um, you know, any of your lighter appetizers. I think this would be a great one with seafood. It may even balance out something like a salmon because I know people think of salmon as going with the heavier whites like a Chardonnay, but this would be a great one. A fish with capers, this would be awesome. So thank you for joining me in my intro. Remember to drink what it is that makes you truly, truly happy. Always think positively and drink responsibly. Till the next podcast.